Good morning on this Sunday after Independence Day here in the United States. For our gospel this morning, we turn our attention to the 11th chapter of the gospel according to Matthew, beginning in the 25th verse. And today, being the 5th of July, in my reading of the gospel text, in preparing the sermon in the days leading up to Independence Day, I could not help but think of the word fixed to the Statue of Liberty. The statue, of course, is the great neoclassical sculpture designed and sculpted by Frederick Auguste Bartholdi and supported by a structure designed and built by Gustav Eiffel of the Eiffel Tower fame. The Statue of Liberty was a gift from the people of France to the people of the United States. It was officially dedicated on the 28th of October, 1886, and made a national monument in 1924. She stands with the broken chains of bondage at her feet, the Declaration of Independence cradled in her one arm, and with her other arm she lifts the lamp of freedom, while cries she with silent lips, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me, I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Those words, beginning with, cries she, are a slightly longer quote we typically hear of the famous words at the base of the statue, calling out to the rest of the world, come here to the United States if you want to be free. Today we can hear those words and recognize that they are, and have long been, more of an ideal than a practice. We are not, in fact, there. We are not, and in fact, there really is nobody in the world maintaining a wide open golden door to the wretched refuse of the world. There is an open door, but it is, as we know, a rather tightly regulated door. But art, as any sculpture is, is not a source of national policy planning. Art is a means to inspire people, to set goals and expectations to which we can aspire. In this case, a country that has, from its very first fledgling steps, been a place where people can come and experience a better life than the one they left. To be a land, no matter how many challenges we still face as a people, that will give freedom and an opportunity to succeed to all those who move here. A goal that is lovely but not fully realized. All of this filled my mind as I read our gospel passage for this morning, which reads, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and real, revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one comes but no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Looking again at that, Last few words, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take the yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Our Lord Jesus Christ calls out, not with silence, but with the loud call of the gospel, Come to me. Not to a country, but to a heavenly kingdom. Not to a golden door, but to pearly gates and golden streets. Not to a better but still challenged life, but to a perfect and everlasting life. Not to a place where the body is free, but the soul is still bound by the chains of sin, but where to, where the body and soul are both set free, and the chains of bondage are not at our feet, but thrown into the pit of hell with Satan and his demons. Not to where burdens still abound, but where all burdens are lifted. A wonderful quote, sadly anonymous, from an ancient sermon fragment reads, Oh, what a very pleasing that strengthens even more those who carry it. For the weight of earthly masters gradually destroys the strength of their servants. But the weight of Christ rather helps the one who bears it. Because we do not bear grace, grace bears us. It is not for us to help grace, but rather grace has been given to help us. Being under the yoke of Christ is not a weight, but an elimination of those things that weigh us down. Now at this point, it might seem as if I have turned to the habit experienced among some of promising pie in the sky when you die, so don't complain about today. First, yes, there is a great promise for our tomorrow, and we should never lose sight of that fact. But more importantly, in our present is the second message. It is that the yoke of Christ means we are working for Christ. The entire point of a yoke is to harness animals together so that they can work towards a common goal, a yoke of oxen plowing a field, for example. What does it mean? First, if we are yoked, and being Christian implies that we are under Jesus' yoke, so we are yoked, we are to be working together. There are no Christian free agents or lone rangers. We are called to work together. And next, we need to identify the common goal towards which we are working. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If God's will is done and his kingdom is to come on earth, who is doing the work? It is those Christians, it is us, wearing the yoke of Christ. That's who. Step one, identify who are. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you one in Christ Jesus. How many of the problems we are currently facing in the United States and around the world would be answered by treating one another as absolute equal, no regard to ethnicity or to sex? Next, Alleviate the suffering of others. Jesus says at the final judgment, he will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? 
When did we see you a stranger and when you were naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And Jesus will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. And finally, continue to meet and worship and to support one another. As the writer of the epistle to the Hebrews says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curse, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over us of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confidence of our hope without wavering, for he who promised his faith. And let us how, consider how to stir one another up to and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing. So treat one another with absolute equality. Alleviate the suffering of others. And can to meet and support our own Christian community that we should be encouraged even in days that take away our encouragement to continue to love and do those good works. When we do these things, we truly will learn from Jesus and him to be gentle and lowly of heart and find rest for us. Amen.